Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. I've had some mountaintop experiences in my life. Jogging on the big Sycamore Canyon Trail in Thousand Oaks, where I felt God's call to go to seminary. Hiking in the Santa Ynez Mountains while I was at Westmont College in Santa Barbara. Experiencing God's reassurance that God is with me and cares for me and it will be okay. At Heartland Camp in the sequoias of Central California when I was a kid growing in my faith in Jesus. Well, God is present in all times and in all places. There is something about seeing all that land below and all that sky above that speaks to the glory of God, our creator, redeemer, sustainer, who made all that land and all that sky and all of us in great love who is transcendent, going beyond, and imminent, remaining within, who is far beyond us and near to us, who exceeds the universe and dwells in our hearts. The disciples have a mountaintop experience with Jesus in our reading from the Gospel of Matthew for today. The transfiguration of our Lord Jesus Christ is a shift in the gospel narrative, just as it marks a shift in the seasons of the church year, moving from Christmas and Epiphany, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, God joined with us in our humanity, through Lent, remembering the passion of Jesus Christ, his suffering and death, for us and for our salvation, to Easter, rejoicing in the truly good news that Jesus Christ rose from death to life on the third day, bringing us with him into life eternal and abundant. The transfiguration is a pivotal moment in the ministry of Jesus. Prior to this, Jesus has been traveling throughout the regions of Galilee and Judea, teaching and healing and providing for people in need, hanging out with sinners, gathering disciples. Six days prior to this, one of his disciples, Peter, declares that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the Savior. And from that point on, Jesus helps his disciples understand what this means. That when they arrive in Jerusalem... He will be betrayed and arrested and suffer and die and rise again. And that the disciples will see in him God's good and gracious and glorious kingdom come. Six days after Peter's declaration, three of the disciples, Peter, James, and John, get a glimpse Imagine you are one of these disciples. 
Jesus takes them up to the mountaintop, traditionally thought to be Mount Tabor, which is a few miles southeast of the Sea of Galilee. Just the four of them by themselves. And as the disciples watch, Jesus is transfigured. The Greek word metamorphosis. Jesus is transformed as the disciples watch. In the words of Eugene Peterson in the message, his appearance changed from the inside out. His face shines like the sun. His clothes are a dazzling white. He is radiant with the glory of God. And then, as the disciples, Peter, James, and John, experience the Lord's dazzling presence in their friend and mentor, Jesus, two storied figures of faith who also experienced God's presence in personal and wondrous ways appear. Moses and Elijah. Moses, who led the people from slavery in Egypt through the wilderness up to the promised land. As we heard in our reading from Exodus 24 for today, while the people were in the wilderness at Mount Sinai, the Lord said to Moses to come up with me to the mountaintop. And while Moses is on the mountaintop, a cloud descends and remains for six days. And on the seventh day, the Lord speaks to Moses from the cloud. And while Moses is on that mountaintop, he receives the law, the Ten Commandments. And there were many more that followed. And when Moses comes down from that mountain, his face is shining so brightly from being in the presence of the Lord that the people can't handle it. They ask him to cover his face with a veil. Elijah was first and foremost among the prophets of the Lord. He called on God's people to repent and to be faithful. He acted boldly in the power of the Lord and spoke the word of the Lord to the people. And when his time on earth was done, he was caught up into heaven in a whirlwind as his astonished assistant Elisha watched. Between them, Moses and Elijah represent the law and the prophets, the entirety of the Old Testament, the word of the Lord to the people. Their presence here indicates that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's word. Jesus is the living word. Moses and Elijah prepared the way for Jesus, and now their work is complete. They recede in the light of Christ. Jesus is greater than Moses and Elijah. Jesus is greater than the law and the prophets. In the words of Pastor Brian Zond, whose book, Sinners in the Hands of a Loving God, we're reading for our Ruth Circle Women's Bible Study, Jesus is what God has to say. Not surprisingly, the disciples don't really know how to respond to the presence of Moses and Elijah. And so Peter blurts out, well, it's good that we're here. Let me build three dwelling places, tents, tabernacles, one for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. 
which would, as Pastor Zond mistakenly as points out, mistakenly equate Jesus with Moses and Elijah. And so Peter doesn't even get to this building project because he is interrupted by the voice of God the Father from heaven. While Peter is still speaking, a cloud, a sign of God's encompassing and mysterious presence throughout Scripture, descends on the mountaintop. And the voice of God the Father says from the cloud, This is my Son, the Beloved. In Him I am well pleased. Listen to Him. Words that echo the words spoken by God the Father from heaven at the baptism of Jesus, when the Holy Spirit descended like a dove at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, spoken again here near the end. Words that reveal Jesus Christ is fully human and fully divine transcendent and imminent, far beyond us and near to us. Jesus is the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who love and delight in each other forever, who are a divine, eternal, joyous relationship of love. God is love. And Jesus is the Savior of the world, the embodiment of God's love for us, who descended from heaven to earth for us, who descended from the mountaintop of Tabor down into the city of Jerusalem for us, who descended to the dead and rose again on the third day and ascended into heaven and is preparing a place for us. The glory of the Lord is revealed not only in the radiance of Jesus on the mountaintop, but in the agony of Jesus on the cross. When we want to know who God is and how God feels about us, when we want to know that God is with us on the mountaintops and in the valleys, when we want to know how we are to live our lives in the midst of all the highs and lows, we look to Jesus Christ. We listen to him. We give him our time and attention. As did Peter, James, and John. After Jesus is transfigured, after God the Father speaks from the cloud, after Moses and Elijah return to their heavenly home, Jesus goes to the disciples who had fallen to the ground in fear and puts his hands on them and says, get up and do not be afraid. And when they look around, they see Jesus himself alone, only Jesus, their friend and mentor, who is with them in the midst of it all. Years later, Reflecting on this experience, Peter, as we heard him write in our reading from 2 Peter 1 today, declares that he saw the glory of the Lord in Jesus Christ. 
that he experienced God's presence in his friend and mentor, Jesus, that he heard God describe who Jesus is, my beloved son, listen to him, that he was with Jesus on that holy mountain. This is not a cleverly devised myth. This is not something Peter and the disciples made up. This is the gospel truth. The good news of life in Jesus Christ that Peter and the disciples personally experienced. That Peter and the disciples proclaimed. That Peter and the disciples gave their lives for. And Peter encourages his fellow disciples, encourages us to pay attention to this gospel truth, to pay attention to the good news of Jesus like a lamp shining in the darkness. The Lenten season offers us intentional space to do so. In the 40 days of Lent, which begin with Ash Wednesday, this Wednesday, we are invited to engage in daily spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines that open our hearts and minds to listen to Jesus, to be renewed, to be transformed, to be made new, to shine with the light of Jesus Christ. And so I invite you in these 40 days of Lent to engage in one of these daily practices centered in prayer, fasting, giving, Bible study. And if you would like to do so, we offer some guidance as well. There are Lenten practices one sheets as you head out today in the narthex. They're also available on our website, stjohnslutheran.church. Go to Ministries, drop down Christian Education. There is guidance there for engaging in the spiritual disciplines that help us grow in faith, hope, and love in Jesus Christ. Those mountaintop experiences that I mentioned at the beginning of the sermon, they came in the midst of some deep valleys in my life. That encouragement that I received at Heartland Camp as a kid came when I was wrestling with some issues of self-esteem. That reassurance of God's grace that I received on the mountains of Santa Inez came after a very difficult freshman year at Westmont College. That call to seminary that I heard from the Lord on Big Sycamore Canyon Trail came while I was wondering if I really had use my gifts to the best of my ability vocationally. Jesus was with me in those valleys too. In this Lenten season, and always, may you feel the gracious presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is with us on the mountaintops and in the valleys who transcends the limitations of the universe and is with you right here and right now, who exceeds the galaxies, 
and dwells in your heart, who is glorious. Amen. Thanks for listening. Each week's episode is edited by Nick Cox. Music performed by our St. John's Worship Band. Sermons by me, Pastor Jen Shaw. Make sure to subscribe to hear each week's message. If you'd like to know more about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, to share the life-giving word and do the life-giving work of Jesus, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.